1-800-626-2201. That number might not mean anything to you, but to Chet Cantrell, it's both the saddest and the most beautiful number in the world. Hi, I'm Brian Wright, President of Sin Relief. 62201 is the zip code for East St. Louis, Illinois, a community that has been dubbed one of the most dangerous places, not just in America, but in the world. Chet says you can tell a lot from a zip code. It is, after all, the identifier sociologists and criminologists use when they compare one neighborhood to another. The statistics collected from 62201 describe a community where there is high crime and extreme poverty. In East St. Louis, you're more than 19 times more likely to be murdered than anywhere else in the U.S. And the average income is $14,000 a year. Chet Cantrell has lived and worked here for the last 30 years. As the director of the Christian Activity Center, it's his job and his calling to meet needs and change the lives of children in East St. Louis. In this episode of Stories of Hope, Chet will tell you a story no researcher studying 62201 would ever be able to uncover. It's a story that's painful and sad, but it's also a story of hope. When you're new to a neighborhood, there's all kinds of things you have to learn, like what day is trash pickup, or where's the nearest grocery store, or if you're Chet Cantrell, why is everyone so afraid of my backyard? Behind us, there's four blocks out there. It used to be called the Killing Fields. And when I first came here, I learned from a six-year-old girl that a dead body smells like a dead cat. And... Um, you can't go in this field because that's where the bodies are. Leave downtown St. Louis on I-55, cross over the Mississippi River, look to your right, and there it is in all of its crumbling, crime-weary glory. If every city in town is known for something, Chet Cantrell's adopted home of East St. Louis, Illinois, is famous for being infamous. When I first came here, it was just crazy stuff. And um, it was like the Wild Wild West, and gunshots everywhere. We had a 70% dropout rate, 95% um, gang affiliation rate. Uh, most impoverished zip code was, were designated as America's most deadly city. And most dangerous seven miles on the planet was right here, right here. And that's the reputation. For at least 50 years, sociologists and criminologists and politicians and filmmakers have gathered enough statistics and published enough papers and produced enough documentaries to ensure that now, if anyone knows anything about East St. Louis, what they know is bad. Everywhere you go, you hear about East St. Louis, and uh, it's not fair and it's not right. Because the problem with kids living in neighborhoods like this is so much negative things are said about them that they're in danger of believing that's who they are. And that is not the truth. So now, after living there for more than 30 years, Chet Cantrell would like to set the record straight. This is what I would like for everybody in America to know. 
what you find in this scary place is uh, the biggest hearts. And if you want to find God, you go to places that of great need. And so, um, with that being said, there's a thousand stories. Some are funny and some are sad, but yeah, I can tell you a thousand stories. This is Stories of Hope, episode number 66, 1,000 Stories. The first story is from the very beginning. It was 1989. Chet Cantrell had just arrived in East St. Louis, and it was one of his first days on the job. He was doing after-school ministry at the Southern Baptist Christian Activities Center, and he was standing outside waiting for kids to arrive. I was waiting for the bus to come. I see the bus coming down Summit Avenue, and I see the driver, and there's nobody on the bus. I think it's weird, so I'm not paying attention until they pull past me and they open the door and 60 kids get out. And I was like, what are you guys doing on the bus? What do you mean? I said, I didn't see anybody. Well, yeah. And anyway, they all sunk in the seats. So <laughs> they're afraid of being shot. 32 years after that first busload of frightened children arrived at Chet's front door, this is what the Christian Activity Center has become. There are basketball leagues and soccer leagues. There are chess clubs and computer labs and dance teams and Bible studies. Lots of Bible studies. And there are music classes and language classes and cooking classes and more than anything else, there are children. Every day, there are hundreds and hundreds of children kids need a place to go and just to be kids and play and so they get to play yeah but we do reading writing math and uh, we have uh, technology computer training because by the time a kid in this neighborhood reaches sixth grade they are six thousand hours education hours behind their counterparts elsewhere and so I want kids that are not that are able to live beyond the things that have traumatized them. And I want our kids to, to love, to be able to accept love and to know what the love of God is. And to know the stories of faith, because people that find a walk of faith, um, they know that's what they're created to be. Out of all this sound and fury have come the best and happiest and most important stories. Like stories number two and number three. I had a kid that uh, I didn't know it when I met him, but he was living in a van with his mother. Brilliant kid. And, uh, so he's about nine. He loved computers. And, um, he loved music. He's just one of these Renaissance kids, like so many kids are. So now he's learning everything. And then he started helping me do stuff. So I hate him. I didn't know that's what they were eating off of. Anyway, but he went on to, to do really well in, this, in school and uh, got a music scholarship to college. And just a story of his life. And so anyway, he ended up. Uh, producing some music that paid for the rest of the way to school. And, but he, uh, 
brilliant. He designed a uh, facial recognition software program when he was in college, got national attention, so he ended up uh, getting his master's in computer science. And then I got a guy that's in Minnesota that has adopted or fostered probably about 20 different kids who ended up living with them most of their lives. Bought a car dealership in real estate and doing really, really well. But this was a guy that was slinging, you know, down here. And on and on the stories go. I have kids that are interpreters at the UN. I have kids that are special agents of the FBI. And as much as he would love to, Chet can't tell every one of them. I've got a kid that's an RN that'll make making more money than I'll ever make. But he's a head of his Sunday school in his church and I have sports attorneys, I have policemen, firemen. Um, I got chaplains in the army and special forces and pilots. And, and so many triumphs. And the, the triumphs for me, they're from the little to the big, you know. I mean, God asks us to show up. And people like me who show up, I have no skills. <laughs> but by gosh, I know how to show up. And I get to watch all this stuff happen. Story number four is not about a child. Not exactly. This story is about Chet's backyard, the space everybody used to call the killing fields. I think sometimes the only thing worth doing is, is, uh, is changing everything. And so the killing fields, we tore down, uh, you know, 12 derelict structures that were dangerous. We hauled out 2,000 tires that had been dumped and we cut down so much brush that it was like 40 dumped truckloads of debris. We just took down all that scrub brush and all that moldy, mildew stuff. It actually freed up the air quality. I know that because the EPA was doing a big test and they had it on my fence out here. And the lady came to me and she said, well, and now suddenly we got all this fresh air coming back. And so we're at a place now <laughs> There's going to be a national park district behind this building. So it's a beautiful thing. There are at least 996 more stories Chet could tell. There are happy stories about kids who made it and sad stories about kids who did not. Every story is unique. And yet, in East St. Louis, where now even the air is different, the takeaway for all 1,000 stories is the same. And when I first came here, I mean, it was, it was lawless. And my cynical side was looking for, is God here? But scripture, you know, it says, I'll go before you and cut through bars of iron and cast down the gates and make a way and, and give you the treasures of the darkness. And so um, the miracle stories, there, there are tons of miracle stories I had nothing to do with. So I've been given treasures. Oh yeah, there's a thousand stories. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories of Hope. If you'd like to learn more about the Christian Activity Center, or if you'd like to see how you and your church might be able to come alongside them as they reach out to kids in East St. Louis, you can visit them online at C-A-C-E 
C-A-C-E-S-L.org. That's C-A-C-E-S-L.org. And if you'd like more practical tips and advice on how you and your church can strengthen communities, visit Sin Relief at sinrelief.org. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to Stories of Hope. You'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. Go to Apple or Spotify podcast and search for Stories of Hope. And finally, if you've liked what you've heard here, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. This is Bryant Wright with Sin Relief. Join me in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope. Thank you.